Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metzen. We have a really great guest on tonight. She runs a great business called the School of Rock, and we're honored to say she is one of our silver advertisers on the Wall of Power Radio Hour because she has such great taste in radio shows. Stacy Marmaleo is with us for the whole show tonight. She's going to tell us a little bit about uh, this great school she has, one that is located in Eden Prairie, uh, where AM 950 broadcasts out of. She's got quite a bit to tell us about. We're going to be playing some music from both some of her students and uh, other musicians that have been associated with the School of Rock. But with no further ado, I'd like to welcome and give a very nice good evening to Miss Stacy Marmalejo. Stacy, how are you? I'm great, Paul. How are you? Really, really good. And uh, the more I get to learn about the School of Rock, the more uh, interested I am in it. Of course, uh, we've all seen the movie School of Rock. So let's start there and then go back and tell us the story about how the, how the franchise has started, how the original School of Rock started, how the franchise started, and then how you got involved. But let's start with the movie and that story. Great. Yeah. So a lot of people come in and they're like, oh, did you get started after the movie? And it's like, no, actually, the movie got started because of us. So there was a guy by the name of Paul Green in Philadelphia, and he was a musician that had a modicum of success, not a rock star, but kind of a a local guy. And this teenage girl managed to get her way to him once and said, hey, I really want to learn to play the guitar. Will you teach me to play? And he said, taking music lessons and never playing a gig is like going to basketball practice and never playing a game. After a while, there's no point. So you go find some friends who want to build a band, and you come back, and we'll teach you to play, and we'll teach you to perform as a band. And she went away, and he figured he'd never see her again. And lo and behold, she showed up with some ratty-tatty other teens and said, here we are, teach us to rock. And he and some friends and bandmates um, taught him to play the instruments. Just like in the movie, he had the teen band open for them. And ironically, she was the daughter of a prominent oral surgeon in Philadelphia by the name of Joe Roberts. And Joe went to Paul and said, hey, Paul, you have a business model here, and I'd like to bankroll you. And what year was that, Stacey? 1998. Okay. So there really wasn't anything like this out there back then. And uh, so he started with the one school in Philadelphia, and it grew to about 10 locations on the East Coast. And in that time, A&E did a documentary called Rock School, where they came in and actually filmed Paul and the students. And A&E, I don't know whether they were a subsidiary of Paramount or if they were both owned by the same parent company, But it was after that um, documentary that Paramount then got the idea to do the movie, and that's when the movie came out. And the movie really lit a fire under the enrollment and the interest in the School of Rock. And it was about 2005 that they decided to start franchising, probably earlier, but they started offering franchises in 2005. And that same year, my son was 15, and he was participating in a 
rock camp at McPhail here in town. Sure. Under the guidance of a guy you probably know, Chris Osgood. I know Chris very well, and I'd like to uh, put in a plug for McPhail. There was a very uh, famous band leader from South Dakota who graduated from there by the name of Lawrence Welk. Oh, I love Lawrence Welk. Yeah. I grew up with Lawrence Welk. <laughs> <laughs> my grandfather, uh, my dad's dad, Emil Metza, you could at 7 o'clock Saturday nights. Yep. That would, don't even think about talking to Grandpa because he was tuned into the Lawrence Welk show. Yep. So were we right after dinner. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Chris was at that time working at Springboard for the Arts, if you remember that. Sure, I sure do. Yep, yeah, and so he was running this camp also for McPhail that my son was in, and on the Friday of the camp, they played at 7th Street Entry. And my teenage son stepped off the stage and said, oh my gosh, that was the greatest high of my life, and I'm just bummed I have to wait a year to do it again. Hmm. And at the time, I was working at Corporate America. I traveled a lot, and in the summer times, I would take him with me and put him in different camps while I worked and then pick him up at the end of the day. So, like, I took him out to California to learn to surf and that kind of thing. So I was like, well, I'm going to find a rock camp somewhere in the country, and I'm going to set up a business trip and take my son. So I Googled it, and I found the School of Rock in Philadelphia, and I called him, and I said, do you have any more rock camps, performance camps this summer, and it was in August, because I always wait till the last minute, and they were like, yeah, no, we're, we're done for the summer. So I told them what I just told you, and they said, well, we're getting ready to sell franchises if you're interested. Interesting. And I thought about it, and I was like, yeah, if I wait for somebody else to do it, I'll be a great grandma before it finds its <laughs> way to Minnesota, because these people with these franchises don't know what a brilliant music scene we have in Minnesota. One of the so, best. Yeah, so they weren't even targeting a franchise in Minnesota. They'd applied for franchise rights in California and Chicago and Nashville, but Minnesota wasn't even on their radar. So I reached out to Paul, the the founder, and Joe Roberts, and I flew out to Philadelphia, and I met with them a few times. And Paul said a couple of things that really resonated with me. He said, if you don't tell a kid what they cannot do, they may never learn. Mm-hmm. In other words, don't tell them girls can't play bass or drums or you're too young to learn how to play that riff or what. Just say, go for it. Here it is. Let me show you how to do it. Let me teach you the, the theory behind it and let's see how far we go. And the other thing that he said was when you're in one of my bands, you earn additional stage time. Everyone is not equal and everyone does not get a trophy. Mm -hmm. And I like that, too, because I think it teaches good ethics to the kids. And if anyone truly does want to be a musician when they grow up, nobody's going to hand them anything. It's, it's, you know. Oh, I I sure do. (laughs) I sure (laughs) do, Stacey. You're scratching for everything, right? So it was like, so I really, really uh, embraced Paul's philosophy towards teaching children And I embraced this concept of having this place where kids could come perform rock music and do real rock concerts in in live rock venues. So I took my 401k and I remortgaged the house and I bought the franchise for Minnesota. Wow. And that was in 2005 and we opened our first location in 06. 
here we, in the cities. We've got a couple of minutes left in this first uh, set of the Wall and Power Radio. So tell us you've got in-person programs, lessons uh, for boys and girls ages 7 plus, band rehearsal and performances ages 7 plus, uh, rookies ages 5 to 7, and uh, and weekday camps ages three through 12. And now with COVID, you also have some great online programs. Tell us about those. We're doing a couple things. We're doing online where the kids, it's like a camp uh, or it's like a, a performance program, but rather than coming together to be in a band, every week they have their private lesson remotely and then they upload their music to our digital audio workstation where we have an engineer that mixes the independent song, independent uh, parts from every child to put it together in a song. And then they come together remotely via Zoom to listen to their song once a week and talk about what needs to be improved on, what needs to be worked on, and then each individual musician goes back and works on it and sends it back in. And they do this over a series of months, and it ends up with a final pro- audio product and then the kids each take some video of themselves and send that in, and we, we create a music video played to their audio, and we have a live streaming show at the end of the season. So for those kids who, who aren't comfortable coming in or whose parents aren't comfortable having them come in, they still have an opportunity to make music with other kids. Wow, you are really kind of in a way on the on the uh, cusp, on the cutting edge of what's going on in online learning. We've got uh, Stacy Marmolejo on from the School of Rock. We're going to listen to uh, some of her students from the School of Rock do the deep purple song Highway Star. And we'll be back with two more sets on the Wall of Power Radio Hour talking about School of Rock with Stacy Marmolejo.
one? You know what's just around the corner? The holidays. And you know what that means. You have to find the perfect gift for curious kids, hard-to-buy-for teens, and baby boomers that already have everything they could possibly need. Would you believe there's one gift that will delight all three? Yep, music lessons at School of Rock. Lessons in guitar, bass, drums, keys, or vocals make a fantastic holiday gift. Lessons are available in person or online, so you can even give the gift of music to the out-of-towners on your shopping list. For AM 950 listeners, we're giving a fifth lesson free for every four lessons you buy. Just mention you heard us on AM 950. And if you would like to learn an instrument, give us a call. Your first lesson's on us. Yes, I mean totally free. No strings attached. Check us out at edenprairie.schoolofrock.com or click on the link on am950radio.com. Welcome back to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metza. My guest for the whole show tonight, Miss Stacy Marmalejo. She is the CEO of the School of Rock. And uh, that's where kids go to learn how to rock and roll. Not how I grew up learning how to rock and roll, and we don't have to go into those stories. But uh, let's talk about how a young Stacy got into music. Stacy, tell us the story. Your dad went to school with Elvis Presley, for cripe's sake. He did. He went to high school with Elvis. Yeah. Um, and I, he's obviously from Memphis, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. He was in the Air Force, so I kind of grew up all around the world. But I grew up listening to mainly country music, uh, specifically Johnny Cash, Hank Williams, the Highwaymen, that kind of stuff. Right. And uh, dare I say that I went to uh, college in the disco era. Sure. So um, my my love of music kind of transcends a, a whole broad spectrum uh, of music. You know, but my... I was uh... listening, yeah, a little bit ago I was listening to your show that you did uh, earlier in the month, or last month with uh, Johnny Western. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, what a great story he had, right? Well, and it was the American dream. He... Uh grew up in a CC camp, uh, Civilian Conservation Corps, and they used to bring a screen in to show movies, and they had Gene Autry, the singing cowboy. And so when he was just six or seven, he said, that's what I want to do. I want to become a singing cowboy on the silver screen. Ended up going to California, to Hollywood, when he was 20 years old. Got signed by Gene Autry himself to be an extra in cowboy movies. Ended up working with Johnny Cash, playing live with him from 58 to 65, as well as playing on over 70 Johnny Cash singles. So, uh, yeah, inc- I would say if your listeners haven't listened to that show, they really should. It was fascinating. And he was, um, he grew up, actually uh, started to uh, play professionally as just like some of your students have. Uh, Stacy, as a, as a teenager and had a radio and TV show when he was seventeen years old in nineteen fifty two. So it just and goes got to, paid twenty five dollars to sing for fifteen minutes. I yeah. think sadly that's still about the going rate for young <laughs> yeah. musicians. But that would be about seven hundred dollars <laughs> today in today's money, right? Yeah, unfortunately they're still getting about twenty five, but that's a whole other story. Don't but, tell your yeah, students so, that. 
Yeah, one of the the things that we do with our more advanced students who are looking to become professional musicians is we take them on tour in the summer. Mm -hmm. So we go to different parts of the country. So one of the first places I had to go was to create a tour and take them down to Memphis and Nashville. And they actually got to play at um, Graceland. Oh, at Graceland. Yeah. Where did they yeah. play at Graceland? I was just there two years ago for the Blues Awards, and we so toured Graceland. Graceland. Has, you know that little outside area that's sort of got a 50s diner vibe to it? Mm-hmm. They hold live concerts outside. Oh, right. Okay, so yeah. it's not actually Graceland, not the house. house. Yeah. 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 You know what was... The, sort of attached to the parking lot right. before people go Oh, in. yeah, it's yeah. a great museum. You know what was really uh, fun when I... When I Went to the uh, the house, uh, Graceland, where Elvis and Priscilla and and, uh, and Lisa Marie grew up. So you go through, and then you get to the backyard, and where they used to, I think it used to be a meat locker. Uh, yeah. Elvis was kind of a gun enthusiast, and that's where they used to do target practice. That's right. Yeah. And, and he and the boys, the Memphis Mafia, used to get a little lubed up occasionally. And somebody said, if you look at Lisa Marie's swing set, which is right behind it in the yard, you could actually see some bullet holes from some way. Some, some misfires? <laughs> yes, from misfires. <laughs> but it's such an incredible, yeah. uh, you know, uh, Elvis was just such uh, a groundbreaking artist melding, you know, uh, rhythm and blues and country and hillbilly music and bluegrass. Yeah, and, well, and uh, it started in the church, so a lot of gospel absolutely. influence, too. Yeah. One of the greatest, uh, you know, you listen to that Elvis gospel stuff, I mean, it, it uh, the hair on the back of your neck would stand up. So yeah. what did uh, so you guys actually play down there? We did. It was pretty exciting. Uh, another exciting venue the kids played at, we went out to California and they played at the Whiskey on Sunset Strip. Wow. So, yeah, so that was pretty exciting for them. Uh, but we've pretty much gone from the West Coast to the East Coast and all the way South. We haven't hit Florida yet. Um, unfortunately, obviously, our tour got canceled because of COVID this year. Yes. And we don't know if we'll be able to tour next summer yet, but it really is sort of the highlight and culmination. We get a lot of kids who come in at six or seven years old, and, you know, they're kids, so they're just trying different things. And for yeah. those that decide that music is their thing, most of them will stay till they graduate from high school with us, and it becomes a, a real community of not only the kids, but their parents, and we're playing gigs. These, these older kids that are more advanced are out gigging every week in the cities pre-COVID, yeah. um, but they're really getting that experience of learning to work with the with the sound engineer and the booker and, and getting that professional stage time, because it does take a lot of time to learn not only to play music, but to perform. Oh, yeah, and just to keep it together. Yeah, yeah, and to talk to the audience. You know, there's our, our younger students are doing really well at playing the music, but the thing that really puts them over the top is when they can connect the musicianship to the performance, to, to really engaging with the audience, not just like memorizing, how's everybody doing out there? Right. But just really being able to be in the moment with the audience. Now, you started originally, the first school of rock was in uh, St. Paul, correct? It was. It was in Lower Town, which was, at the time, there wasn't the St. Paul Saint Stadium, so it was kitty corner to that. That was at the time that Lower Town was being like, revived as the Arts Corridor. Yes. Yep. 
and we were there for many, many years. But now St. Paul has moved next door to, can I say it, Willie's Guitar? Am oh, I allowed to say brand name? You are, <laughs> well, because uh, nobody loves uh, Willie's Guitar more than Paul Metza. And uh, <laughs> one thing I miss in these, these COVID times, because, you know, most musicians, of course, work at night if they don't have a day job. Fortunately, I haven't had to ever have one but until uh, I became... I did until I started to play professionally, but uh, which was a long, long time ago, towards the end of the Civil War. But <laughs> w- one of the things that I always loved, that I've really missed, is going to guitars, guitar stores, and record stores just to hang uh-huh. out. And oh, that, yeah. That's where I used to bump into. I got to be very good friends with Bob Stinson, the great lead guitarist for The Replacements, because we'd bump yep. into each other at least once a week at a record store. At uh, Nude Coupe in Uptown, or or, or at uh, Orfolk Jokopus on Twenty Sixth and Lindell, and you just get to know these guys. You were just record store, guitar store buddies, and I so miss going out to over to Willie's Guitar over there on Cleveland and St. Paul and playing those beautiful guitars and just looking at those guitars you can't afford on the wall. Oh and, yeah, and talking yep. to, to Willie because he's. Uh, Nobody knows he's more a about. Yep. He's a legend, and nobody, and he's you know he's a really good ukulele player too. Speaking of ukulele, I know this is a sidetrack, but that's, right. that's the hot instrument right now. Hmm. I cannot believe how many people are calling us for uke lessons. And we at first we were like, no, we don't do ukulele. And then one of my teachers heard me, and she's like, well, I play ukulele. I'm like, you do? Really? Goes, yeah. And another teacher goes, you know, there are electric ukuleles, right? So you could put a uke in. A powered band. I was like, I had no idea. So, yeah, ukulele is one of our instruments now, and it is a dynamite little instrument to get started on. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, you have great musicians like George Harrison that uh, have been playing in ukuleles for years and are very, very accomplished. Do you know who Katie Vernon is? I do. Yeah. yeah. Katie, I've had Katie on the show, and she's a marvelous, uh, not only a songwriter, but a great ukulele player. So, well, that's good. Now, let's, before we forget, uh, what is, how can people uh, get more information on School of Rock? Give us the website and some contact info. Well, it's very easy. It's schoolofrock.com. Or EdenPrairie.SchoolOfRock.com, most specifically for my location in Eden Prairie. Uh, the, the phone number, 952-934-ROCK, which translates to 7625. Um, so either way, yeah. Now, Stacy, we are um, we're going to uh, play uh, some more music by a very uh, – two – Musicians in a very popular Twin Cities band called Hippocampus. We're going to play one of their, a little bit of their music in the third set. But uh, how many students have gone through the School of Rock over the years since you opened in 2005? Oh, gosh. Thousands. Tens of thousands, I would say. Because wow. some kids come in and just try it for three months, and they're like, no, I'm going to try hockey now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I said, other kids just make it their passion. But we've had several kids who are now out gigging in bands. Um, I have a teacher in Eden Prairie. Actually, I have two teachers in Eden Prairie who were School of Rock students when they were kids. Uh, and then you mentioned Hippocampus, so a couple of the members of Hippocampus were at School of Rock all through their, their high school years. 
and dare I say that I took them to on their very first tour. We went out to Philadelphia to a School of Rock festival that Devo was headlining. Oh, cool. And uh, they played with us out there. And then when they formed Hippocampus, uh, I was sponsoring a teen stage at Grand Old Day in St. Paul. Sure. And I called them and I said, do you guys have any music ready? And they're like, just a couple songs. And I'm like, okay, break it out. Come on, no time like now. Come play with us. And so literally their very first professional gig as Hippocampus was on the School of Rock stage at Grand Old Day. And now they're just out touring the world, doing a great job, making amazing music, and still being very humble and great guys, I might add. Well, I hope you get backstage. Like if I had a daughter... I would be totally fine with her dating any of those guys. They are so good. They are so nice. Yeah, no, none of it's gone to their heads. It's amazing. I love it. Do you get? Mind uh, you, they have very grounded parents too, so that might have something to do with it. Do but. you get? Uh, do you get backstage passes when they play First Avenue? Um, you know, I've never asked for one. This is terrible to say, but all of my kids who graduate are like, "Come watch my band. Come watch my band." I'm like, "What time do you go on?" Nine o'clock, ten o'clock. I'm like, yeah, those days are over for me. <laughs> now, Stacy played an early show once at um, Mill City Nights. Sure. And so, yeah, so I caught him there because that was a bit of an earlier show. But, do you do you yeah. play an instrument at all? Dare I say no? Yeah. No, I took can. piano when I was a kid, and I hated it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was in the days where you had the old lady and the ruler. Oh, yeah. And you, you had to learn the note, and then you had to learn the scale, and then you learned your left hand, and then you learned your right hand. And then about four months later, you got to play a song. And I was like, it doesn't make sense to me. I need some context. And so at School of Rock, the way we teach it is we teach song first. So it's kind of like how kids learn to talk when they're little, right? You don't give them each letter and then say, that spells cat. You'd say cat, and you point to the cat, or dog, and you point to the dog, and pretty soon they start using these words, right? So that's how we teach music, is you mimic what your teacher's doing on your respective instrument, and the teacher just talks about it. You know, this is... This is an A string. This is an E string. This is a paradiddle on the drums. This, you know, see, I even pick up the lingo and I don't even play. <laughs> um, you can hang with musicians, Stacy. Right? Yeah, I can. I can fake it. Um, <laughs> so that's how the kids learn. And then it's like, so let's say you learn this riff on this guitar song, and then you learn the song, and you're like, okay, remember that main riff? Well, that's also in this song over here. It's just a little higher up. And the kid goes, oh, I recognize that. And it's like, now you don't know one song, you know one and a quarter songs. Right. Let's grow from there. And it's because they get to play right away that they so enjoy it. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, you're not a real music school. And it's like, yeah, we just go about it a different way. We're still teaching theory. Um, and the further in the kids get, then the more curious they get about the theory. Right. Well, so, it's like, uh, you know, the the... America's greatest folk singer, Spider John Kerner, a good friend of mine and a hero of mine. You know, he said, uh, he, he put out a record years ago, and he said, music is just, a, it was called Music is Just a Bunch of Notes. So however you get there, uh, <laughs> you know, there's a thousand ways to get to that first song you're going to play. Bless you for all, however you want to do it. Now, do you know I, Victor Wooten? Oh, I, I know who Wait. he is, for sure. Okay, so so Victor uh, came to a School of Rock Franchise Owners Conference, 
And I, I don't know, we were chatting, because at that time, particularly, there were like, you know, 15 franchises. Now there's 275, but in the early days. And we were talking about kids making mistakes when they're, when they're learning and how frustrated they get with themselves. And, and he said, you know what I tell kids? I say there's never a wrong note. There's just the note you didn't mean to play at that time. Exactly. Well, you had, I was doing a little research, you've had some really well-known musicians interact uh, with School of Rock students, and including uh, Earl Slick, who played with David Bowie. In fact, we're going to play a, a very special song sent to me and written by my friend Jeff Slade out in New York City, featuring uh, Duff McKagan and Earl Slick, uh, Jordan Summers from The Wallflowers, and more. But tell us about some of these uh, nationally and internationally recognized musicians that have uh, worked with some of your students. You know, the music industry is so full of such giving people. Mm-hmm. The list is a mile long. But you mentioned Earl Slick, and he's, he's one of my favorites. So School of Rock has a festival within a festival at Summerfest in Milwaukee. Sure, I'm so, familiar with that uh, Summerfest. Yeah, so about 80 of our schools congregate in Milwaukee during one weekend of Summerfest, and School of Rock students provide the daytime music from noon when the gates open until the major acts start coming on at 5 or 6 o'clock. And we have professional musicians who come in and have backstage conversations with our students or workshops at times that they're not performing. And Earl Slick uh, was one of them, and he was assigned to my school. And so what they were doing is they were having these professional musicians spend a couple of hours uh, rehearsing a couple of tunes with the school, and then that school would take the, the main stage at Summerfest and play a couple of songs followed by the next school that did a couple with their professional musician and on and on. Well, we were one of the last schools scheduled to go on, and, of course, it was running late. And so the producer came backstage, and he's like, and there were like maybe three, four schools left, and he said, okay, each of you are going to get cut to one song so that we can get back on schedule. Sorry about that. And all the kids were bummed or whatever, and my kids looked at Earl, and he said to them, F that. You guys have been working so hard on this. What we're going to do is we're going to do a mashup of our two songs, and no one's ever going to know it wasn't one song. Beautiful. And that's exactly what they did, and my kids were like, that's so rock and roll. <laughs> well, plus Earl's got, nobody's got a cooler rock and roll look than Earl Slick. So we're going to listen to a, a special song that my friend Jeff Slate, a great songwriter, performer, also a great music journalist, sent me this morning from New York City. Uh, when I emailed him, said we're going to be talking about Earl Slick today. So he just recorded this song with Earl Slick, Duff McKagan from Guns N' Roses, uh, Jordan Summers from The Wallflowers, and more. We're going to listen to it and be back with one more set with Stacy Marmolejo from the School of Rock. This song is called, by Jeff Slate, Heartbreak.
holidays. And you know what that means. You have to find the perfect gift for curious kids, hard-to-buy for teens, and baby boomers that already have everything they could possibly need. Would you believe there's one gift that will delight all three? Yep, music lessons at School of Rock. Lessons in guitar, bass, drums, keys, or vocals make a fantastic holiday gift. Lessons are available in person or online, so you can even give the gift of music to the out-of-towners on your shopping list. For AM 950 listeners, we're giving a fifth lesson free for every four lessons you buy. Just mention you heard us on AM 950. And if you would like to learn an instrument, give us a call. Your first lesson's on us. Yes, I mean totally free. No strings attached. Check us out at edenprairie.schoolofrock.com or click on the link on am950radio.com.
Welcome back to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metz, and my guest, Stacy Marmalejo from the School of Rock. And we just heard a band, Hippocampus. You probably knew the tune. Two of the guys in that band went to the School of Rock, and they've done pretty well for themselves. So, Stacy, uh, do you, what sort of learning now? Do you have some in person learning going on, socially distanced at all? We are actually doing both, so it's whatever the family's comfortable with. We've got private lessons in person. We have private lessons online. We have band rehearsals in person. We have band rehearsals online. And this coming summer, we have actually partnered up with other schools of rock around the country so that we can have some remote recording and playing together in a live stream where the kids in the Twin Cities can play with kids from across the country. Hmm. That's phenomenal. Now, um, you don't have to be just a kid or a teenager to take lessons, though, can you? I mean, you can be, there's no age limit on rock it out at the School of Rock. There is absolutely no age limit. We actually have uh, several baby boomers who put their acts away once they got married and had kids, bringing them back out of the closet and coming in and not only taking lessons, but we've got a couple of adult bands as well. Oh, it nice. Out, yeah, it started out with a group of moms who were sitting in the lobby waiting for their, again, pre-COVID, waiting for their kids' lessons to be over, and the moms would always sit and chat with each other during the lessons and rehearsals. And one of them said, well, why don't we put a band together? And that's how it started. And lo and behold, it was like five or six moms who had never touched an instrument in their lives, and they started playing and taking lessons and playing as a band. And then their husbands were like, whoa, wait a minute. And most of the husbands had been in a band, but they wanted their own band. They didn't want to be with their wives. Mm-hmm. So there was sort of the, the, the guy band and the girl band, and now they've all kind of mashed up over time. And some of them are still not playing together, and some of them are, and just having a really good time. And I, I was just talking with one of them, uh, his name, Paul, as well. I'll drop his name, Paul. Hi, Paul Rapice. Uh, <laughs> he was in last night for his lesson, and he said, you know, the day of my lesson and the day of my rehearsal are my t- the two things that I look forward to so much in this period of COVID. Oh, that's fantastic. It's where I can escape. Yeah, and uh, what a, really a, a perfect time for anybody that's ever wanted or thought about playing an instrument. We've all got more time because we're not socializing like we used to. Uh, knock on wood, hopefully one day we can again sooner than later. But... Uh, and, and what a great – you've got some phenomenal instructors there. Tell us about some of the instructors you have at the School of Rock that you can either study with in person or online, Stacy. So, um, like I mentioned earlier, we have a couple of instructors who were with us as teens. Sam Frederick in Eden Prairie is one of them. And uh, if you are from the Twin Cities, you may know his mom. She was Mar- is Mary Jane Ulm. Oh, and, we love Mary yeah. Jane Ulm. Right, yeah, and so her son Sam was a student with us as a kid, and now he's an instructor, and he's such a favorite instructor that his schedule is actually 100% full right now. Hmm. Um, His bandmate is Lars Oslin, and he teaches drums, so Sam and Lars have a band together called New Primals, which is a very hardcore punk band, Mm -hmm. and uh, we had a 
girl bass student, Allie Trevine, and when she graduated from the School of Rock, she actually joined their band. Hmm. Now, her brother, who also went to School of Rock, Isaiah Trevine, is a linguistics major at uh, the U of M, but he is also a teacher at the school. So it's, it's a very close family, if you will. Um, some other teachers we have, uh, we have, I'm just trying to go down the list, Parker Groans is our music director. He's been playing music, he's degreed uh, his whole life. Um, we also have a couple of women. We have a woman named Arliss who teaches voice. She's originally from the city, spent a lot of time out in L.A. Uh, playing with bands, and now she's back in the cities teaching. Uh, we have a fairly new keys teacher who just joined us, Aspen, and Aspen grew up playing in the cities as well. Um, I'd say we have about 22 teachers. Wow. Some of them work six days a week. Some of them work one day a week. Um, pretty much all of them pre-COVID, we're gigging musicians, and um, that's kind of the way musicians make a living when they're getting started, and it's a lot more fun. Most of my teachers have degrees in music from um, McNally Smith before, sadly, it went away. Um, So, you know, they can deliver pizzas and be a musician, or they can teach music and be a musician. And my teachers tell me one of the reasons that they love teaching at School of Rock as opposed to, like, teaching in someone's home is that the kids actually come prepared. They go home and they study, and they come to their next lesson prepared, and we think it's because of the performance aspect of our program. You know, they don't want to be the one who shows up to band practice not knowing what they're supposed to do. So they practice. And that's very rewarding for the teacher because it's very frustrating for a teacher to go to a kid's house and they're like, so did you practice? And they're like, mm, no. It's like, okay, let's do again this week exactly what we did last week, you know? And so there's there's not much fulfillment in that. But for the teachers to be able to see the kids progressing and then get up on the stage and play with their band members is, is very rewarding. Stacy uh, Marmaleo, tell us, we've only got about a minute left, let's give the uh, contact info for School of Rock out there one more time. Sure. It's uh, Eden Prairie at schoolofrock.com is the email. Edenprairie.schoolofrock.com is the website. Or 952-934-ROCK is the phone number. Stacy, this has been such a, a, a fun conversation. I really want to um, uh, give you props for at, uh, jumping out of the corporate world, which is, you know, we know as secure as got the 401k, you cashed everything in, you remortgaged, refinanced your house, and you followed your dream, and you've been incredibly successful. And I want to just say, as, a, uh, as another human being, I applaud your courage. Well, thank you. I have never done anything more emotionally rewarding in my entire life. Say no more. Stacy. Thanks so much for taking time tonight. Uh, for those of you who are interested, track down School of Rock, take some lessons, form a rock band, tour the world. Stacy, have a, have a wonderful evening. I look forward to meeting you in person. Paul, it's my pleasure, and I look forward to listening to more of your shows. Have a great one. Thank you, and thanks for the sponsorship. It you really bet. helps keep the good word on the air. Talk to you soon, Stacy. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. The show was produced by Paul Metza. 
engineered by Patrick Lilia, and we'd like to thank our guest and one of our main sponsors on the Wall of Power Radio Hour, the School of Rock, and the great Stacy Marmalejo. I've got a new record out. Track it down at paulmetza.com and a new video called Slow Justice 2020. Get that on YouTube. And like my dad used to tell me, remember to be kind and make someone happy.